0: Dying for Media. Just a little note to let you know that we will be talking about death in this series, and some names and information have been changed. Talking about death is never comfortable, but our goal is to make it less scary. So maybe give it a try and listen with care. Hi, Peg. Hi, Nikki. Pegasus. Ooh, has has anybody ever called you Pegasus? I don't think so. Do you know what that is? Is it the horse with the the uh, wings yeah. or the yeah. unicorn? You are a unicorn. We're gonna go with that. <laughs> You're a unicorn. <laughs> I just Yo. um I missed you. I was in New York and I wanna I, hear uh, I was working, so I had a you know, a nice little hotel room and at the end of the day I like to take my shower and then get a little mm. snack. And so when I was in the hotel I decided that <laughs> I wanted to watch a movie Yeah. By myself. And so I decided, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to watch a scary movie. Ooh. Right? Yeah. So I pulled up that movie, The Conjuring. Have you ever seen it? Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, it's not what it used to be because uh, back in the day, I used to watch a scary movie and go straight to sleep. I had to turn the thing off in the middle. Oh, Nikki. I was like, no, this is not working. So it made me think, why do we do that? Why do we watch scary movies?
1: (laughs) I used to love them.
0: I love them. I really love them. But what movies do you actually watch when you want to get away from death? Scary movies. (laughs) (laughs) Are you for real? real. (laughs) I
1: I wouldn't have guessed it. Why? They're so exciting and they're also psychologically fulfilling, right? So, like, it's the whole thing of like the idea of you're wrestling your fears, you're mastering your fears, and there's a little two-hour slot that you're doing that in. You know what I mean? There's like a beginning and an end to it. It's like people who go on roller coasters. They're like, I know this is going to be amazing for whatever, two minutes, and then it's over. And it's like, oh, that was nice. Right. But like, I don't ride roller coasters for my
0: job. Yeah. No. You, (laughs) You do death for your job, and then you watch scary death movies when you're not working. Well, they're nuts. I love my favorite is uh,
1: like the old Universal. Like Frankenstein is my all-time favorite. I love Frankenstein. I have so much sympathy and compassion for that monster, Aww. and I love him. You know, he didn't choose to be here, right? He got created. Yeah, and had to deal not with not his right. fault. Not his fault. I love Dracula. I, like the Invisible Man and the Mummy. All the old-timey classics, and I love the Exorcist. I love God Devil stuff. I love okay. when there's like a, a you know. A, coming together war you know for the spirit psychological and the exorcist has
0: all of that I don't remember much about that movie I cannot get that little girl's face and hair and nightgown yeah. out of my mind to this day I Terrifying. saw it
1: when I was 8 What I was 8 Yeah You saw the exorcist <laughs> yes. when yes. you were 8 Yes not by choice we we, we had this neighbor lady Gigi And Gigi would take the kids to movies on days, like in the summer when it maybe was raining or she would just take, you know, who wants to go to movies and she would pile us up in her like Mercedes station wagon and take us to the movies. And one day she took us to The
0: Exorcist. I'm wondering what Gigi was thinking. Like, oh yeah, let me take the neighborhood children to the most terrifying movie ever created. Well, it was this huge hit. You know, it was this huge
1: hit. It went bonkers like it was ginormous hit i think it was out for i don't know a year maybe more or something it was a huge hit i people forgot how big this film was it was huge and they had ambulances sitting outside the movie theaters because for people what? were freaking out oh. <laughs> people were vomiting people were like coding i mean they were freaking out they were coming out screaming. People were losing their minds in there.
0: So Gigi's like, yeah, that's the movie. I'm gonna take the eight-year-olds too. <laughs> Sounds great. I was the youngest. The
1: others were a little bit older, maybe thirteen or whatever. Yeah, so she took us and I loved her because she was really rich and um <laughs> <laughs> And you could have whatever you want. So you could have like, you know, Juju beans, milk duds, popcorn, Dr. Pepper, you know, all that stuff. Tell me first, were you scared to go to the movie? Did you know it was a scary movie? I think I had heard there was a really scary movie, but there was also like all these other scary movies, right? There was a lot at that okay. time. Um, but I didn't know like this. Got I didn't it. know it was like possession. Because I was like, Frankenstein, bring it. Because I would sit up on, on Saturday nights. We had Creature Feature and <laughs> Horror Incorporated on in Minneapolis. <laughs> And I had, we had this big old house, and there was like four TVs in it. And you could, as a kid, even though there were six of us in the house, you could easily sneak down to the basement and get the TV.
0: And you would do that and not be
1: scared? I would sit there and watch that every
0: Saturday night. I loved it. It was so fun. You're a rare breed, girl. (laughs) I'm Nikki Boyer, and my friend, Reverend Peggy, has helped guide nearly 2,000 people through their last moments of life on Earth. Emotional, beautiful, peculiar, supernatural, shocking, these are those stories. This is Near Death. Okay, you get to the theater, like, tell me everything.
1: So you're just sitting down, you're getting ready, and then it was like, that music, you know, the scary music and Mm -hmm. stuff. And then, you know, because in the beginning, it's kind of fallish, it's nice or whatever, then all of a sudden, it's like, these weird things are happening for this kid. Right? Remember, she stands there and just pees.
0: Oh, God, I forgot about she that. She just
1: stands there during her dinner party, and all of a sudden Ugh. she pees, and mom's like, Rig it. and then the little things start moving, and then they go up in that attic, and it was fantastic. And then,
0: you know, then the priest gets involved. Is that when it shifted for you when the priest starts to get involved? Is that when you got scared?
1: The very, very beginning is a little scary because they're in, like, the Middle East, and Max von Sydow priest finds, like, some little token, and he realizes it's Satan. And then— you know, all of a sudden it's revealed, you like, you figure it out. This is, this kid's possessed, right? This kid is possessed. And i had heard of that. You know, you're Catholic. Come on. You're going to hear about possession. You know, you're gonna, the devil and all that stuff. So at this point, how was
0: the movie affecting you? I stopped eating. <laughs> That's when we know Peggy's <laughs> That's not okay. That's when know something's
1: wrong. <laughs> I stopped eating. I'm like, I can't swallow anymore. And I was like, oh, God. You know, and then she's spinning and screaming and all that. People were freaking out. People were leaving. People were screaming. You know, it was like crying. And this was a matinee in Minnesota. (laughs) It's like a matinee and like a Sunday. You know, the Lord's Day, of course. So I remember (laughs) just feeling really freaked out and how – but it was very satisfying in the end. It was sad because the priest, one of them dies, but he takes the demon into him and he dies so it was kind of like cool,
0: but then it was terrifying. So, did you like have a oh shit moment when you were watching the movie or were you just like I'm in? I'm I had eight a years moment old. where
1: I was like, I probably shouldn't be watching this. And this is like really super scary. This is like beyond Frankenstein now. Why didn't you run out of the theater? Because of the priests. The priests were on the screen. So everything's okay. Oh. The priests were there and and they were so compelling. It's a fight. It's a war now, right? And I was like, that is so cool. And they were so brave. And they had all the tools. They had holy water and the rosary. And they had the Bible. And they had all the stuff. They're wearing the collar. I loved them. And they were fierce. They're kissing their little stole going on in, being present with her. And remember the bed? She's like, Yeah.
0: That's, The bed goes up. One of the scariest scenes that yes. holds up through the test of time. And she just starts talking
1: to him and knows all, all his business. And the devil was so smart. You know what I mean? He was so clever and so insightful. That was really intriguing to me. Why do you think so? Well, because we've taught about the devil, we're taught about evil, but we don't really get to see, like, how does it work? What does the devil actually do hmm. to manipulate? And he, and he kind of tries to uncreate things that God created because he's just not that clever, but he can try to uncreate. God, your eight-year-old brain.
0: And I'm like, (laughs) I'm scared. And I pee myself and then I leave. That's where I was. Okay. So I I have to know what, like, what did you do when you got home? Like, it just kept playing on my mind. So it did affect you in a deep way. It affected me
1: in a deep way. Okay. I didn't sleep that night. I didn't sleep for many nights. And a lot of kids didn't sleep very much. And it got around. And so the church decided to bring in an exorcist priest talk to the kids at church. So all the kids in the neighborhood ended up seeing the exorcist. Yeah. And they brought in a priest, an exorcist priest they thought was going to help us be comforted. He was going to explain things and calm our nerves. And this priest is obviously does not work with people very often, especially he had like that thick, black, greasy hair, like he had not washed for weeks and just like a little bit of just like a little snowfall all on his shoulders of dandruff on his oh, black that's shirt. That's cute. Know. It's really cute. <laughs> Gosh.
0: <laughs> so what did he do? Like, did he come? So for he the guy? got up
1: there and while sitting in there, just like mm, mm, mm. you know, like no one has slept. We're just out of our gourds, and he's like, "I understand you children are not, are having trouble sleeping because of this film." Da, 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 da. And then he was so unhelpful. <laughs> Why? I was like, stop talking. He was terrible. He was like. Um, you know, I've done these before. I've been in the presence of the devil, and it's far more scarier than this film. And he preys on the innocent, and the oh my he god, he preys on those that are you know that really love God. And I'm like, that's me. Um, that's me over here. I'm like eight, and Aww. I really love God, and and I'm a girl. And oh God, you're
0: like Father Dandruff, Listen, Father this is Dandruff. not what the children <laughs> needed to hear. They needed comfort. You're going to be okay. You're safe. No, he says that's nothing. You should nothing compared.
1: And I just thought, whoa. And he's like, but if you have the Lord, you know you have the Lord in your heart, and you say your prayers, and you'll be okay, or whatever. Something. And I'm just like, "Mm."
0: so obviously, Father Dandruff did nothing to help you. Not helpful Uh at all. And I had had it. I had had it with With not sleeping.
1: Oh, I was exhausted. I was like. I have to do something because this can't go on. It's falling asleep in class, Aww. you know, and I was like a super energetic kid. And so I was really suffering. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to take this into my own hands. I remember sitting in bed and, uh, you know, a lot of kids felt like their beds were moving. And I mean, you know, all the stuff that happened to Reagan, you know, that's what you man, You think it in your head because you're so scared. It's the boogeyman. I was in bed and I had my guardian angel statue that I got for my first communion. I had my holy water. I had my rosary. And I sat up in bed and I said, okay, devil, if you're going to come possess me, let's go. Let's do it. You said, come on. Yeah. And I'm holding the rosary and I'm sitting there and I'm like, come on, let's go. If if you're going to do it, get it over with. I was just so sick of being Scared, and I was so sick of not sleeping. So I was just like, Come on, shake my bed, spin me around. And I just was so scared. It was so well. I was just like, I thought, you know, you know, I was like, Any minute, my my bed was going to fly through there or something. But I was definitely like, Holy watering the (laughs) bed and myself, and crossing myself and saying, Jesus loves me. I have the Lord inside me. You can't take me. I'm safe. I love God. You know, I was like taunting, taunting the devil. Yeah. Which is not wise. I wouldn't recommend that for anybody. Um, (laughs) Do not do this at home. And I woke up with my rosary and my holy water and I, you know, and I slept. And I was like, okay, that worked. You're such a little badass. (laughs) Or stupid. I would not do that now. You, why? No. I just... I, when I got to seminary and I took a class called The History of the Demonic in Christianity, that professor, the very first day of class, he said, Okay, we're going on an adventure. We're going to study the demonic evil, Mm -hmm. Satan, all the way back to the beginning of time, you know, pre Judaism, all the way through, paganism, all the way through. We're going to study it and we're going to get into it. And he said, So I want you to be careful. I said, I don't want you to go too deep Ooh. that you can't get out. And I don't want you to mock or disrespect the devil. Don't act like it's not real and laugh it off because he loves that. Mm. So it was all these warnings. And I was like, oh, whoa, everything I did
0: <laughs> when I was eight. So did that experience with... The Exorcist movie and what happened in your bed. Did that sort of scare you away from being a normal kid and watching horror movies? No, I loved them. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I'm like, bring it. Oh my
1: God, you're such, I I love love that you (laughs) dork out about this. I I love it. I do. The horror movies are fantastic for us. They let us wrestle, you know, and you got to think about it psychologically. A lot of kids have... A devil in their house. A lot of kids Mm -hmm. have things really to be afraid of of, that way, yeah. Really to be afraid of. And I think what happens for kiddos is they think that if they can conquer their fear through these movies, then maybe it's gonna be a little easier at home for them.
0: I never thought of it like that. You know? There's a lot of psychology to it. Yeah. Yeah. And usually uh, the good guys kind of come out ahead. Usually not in everyone, but Usually. And if not,
1: the sequel comes out and... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I don't like like the gore slash stuff like Saw and all that. I don't like all that stuff. That's just gore. I like it when it has
0: like the sixth sense,
1: like the psychological. I love that stuff.
0: So speaking of movies, this, this sort of a Hollywood version of exorcisms and good versus evil yeah. um, seems way worse than what is actually happening in the world, right? Yeah. I, th- I mean, it's, it's... I mean, nobody's head's been spinning around. I've never seen anybody's head spin. Or have you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually really asking. Um, well, I've
1: definitely done, you know, these kind of uh, exorcism type things in the hospital. I mean, I've done... Wait, I'm sorry. Like,
0: you do exorcisms
1: in the hospital? Well, it's, it's like a, a ritual,
0: a blessing to try to help purge I, Hold on. Back it up. That shit happens in the hospital. It does happen. Where you're working. You yes. Where you are-
1: All of the hospitals I've worked. All five hospitals I've worked in, have no, had all okay, of these Okay. I've experiences. watched
0: ER. I've watched Grey's Anatomy. I've watched every <laughs> dumb doctor show out there. And never once have they brought, that I know of, have they brought yeah. that storyline in. That shit happens at the hospital? Yes.
1: I, well, you have, um, you know, God love them. I have so much compassion for these patients. They- they feel that a demon is causing their disease or they feel they feel they're possessed uh, and they want you to come and help them right so it's the same it's meet them where they're at so I I had a guy I had a patient who asked for a chaplain to come because there was a demon in his hospital room
0: so when there is a demon who comes who's a part of that like talk me through this well it depends you know sometimes it's a
1: priest sometimes it's me it depends um and this guy was christian and they called and said the patient believes that de- a demon in the room can you help us and i'm like okay yeah so i got all my stuff just like when i was eight i got my tools my holy water everything Your rosary or- my rosary little wood cross and all that kind of stuff wow and I put it in my little fanny pack. I was like, I'm known
0: to do Your spiritual fanny pack? spiritual fanny I love pack. That you have that.
1: <laughs> and when I came in, um, I felt so bad for him because he, was, he hadn't slept. The theme, the theme of no sleep. Mm. He hadn't slept for days. He was exhausted. His eyes were just bloodshot. I walked in and I said, I'm Peggy and I'm a chaplain and I want to check on your spirit today. And he goes, that demon is on your shoulder right there. It's right next to your head. Look out. It's right there. And oh, I said, God. Really? Oh my God, I'm so sorry that this, you know, that you're seeing this. And I, I said, I don't see it, but I believe you. Oh. Because I want him, you know, whether it's a mental health, it's a psychotic episode, whatever's going on, if you tell someone you don't believe him, is well, how helpful is that? Right. It's not helpful. So I said, I believe you and how can I help you? And he said, Can you exercise that? Can you get that out of here? I can't. It's unplugging my IV. Yeah.
0: He said that he said it's unplugging was- it's
1: taking the IV out of his arm. Okay. It's cutting things. It's doing all these things to sabotage his Was help. any
0: of that happening
1: in the room? Yes, it was happening. How he was doing it. Okay. I mean, this is what we've gathered. Right. But who am I to say he's not seeing a demon? You know what I mean? And if he's psychotic, he is seeing a demon. His eyes were like bloodshot, so blood, like a cartoon bloodshot, mm. you know, and his hair was just muffled and he just looked so desperate and so alone. And he said, can you exercise this demon for me? Wow. And I said, Daniel, I'll do the best I can. I want to help you. So tell me what happened. Well, I was very methodical about it. I wanted this to be a ritual. I wanted him to experience it that way because that makes it very valid. And I took it very seriously because I believed him. And I took all my stuff out. And I set out the cross and the rosary and the holy water and the Eucharist. I set everything out. I had a Bible. And I said, "I, I I want you to leave, demon. You're not welcome here. You are not welcome here. You must leave, find a new place to go, leave this poor man alone, leave Daniel in name of God, leave Daniel
0: alone. So what what
1: were you feeling like at this moment? I was like evoking Father Karis, the young priest and the exorcist. I was like, I'm that guy. I'm not going. I'm doing this. And I took it very seriously. You did? Oh yes. It was very serious for him. This was a miserable, horrible thing. It was stopping him from getting what he needed. And then he got very dramatic and it was kinda we're praying for a while. And then, you know, I was like, Leave this man alone. He needs to heal. You're not welcome here. You need to move along. You know, you don't belong here. Mm -hmm. Find a new host. Go. Like I was just pushing it out. And I holy watered sprinkled on him and he was kind of writhing and he was like uh ah, ah, and he was like crying and grabbing his hair and he was very intense and i was like stay cool stay cool you know because i don't know what's happening in here but i had to be convicted i had to stay in the conviction of my faith And I was like, do you love God? Do you love God? He said, yes, I love God. I said, do you want this demon God? He said, yes, go demon, go. And I just kept doing the holy water and I was praying and praying, you know, saying you do not belong here. You are not welcome here. The Lord is here. God is powerful. God is powerful. This room is God's. Daniel is God's. You do not get to be a host in his body. And I just did this and did this, and he was writhing and writhing. And then I did the Lord's Prayer kind of methodically, you know, our Father art in heaven, be thy name on it, you know, right over him. And I put the cross on his forehead and all of, I just did this whole thing. And he was just crying, you know, just tears were coming down his face. And then finally, he just relaxed. He oh. just relaxed. And he was like, oh, 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 you know, kind of like that. Oh, and I'm like, God loves you so much. God loves you so much. He was like, Thank you, thank you. And I blessed him,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I blessed myself. Gotta, <laughs> right? Gotta. Yeah. And he said, "Is the demon gone?" I said, "Yes." And if it comes back, I'll come back. And then he took my hand and he kissed my hand. It was so dear, and I left. And then I came out, and the psych doc was outside. And she looked in and saw that he was was out, like he was sleeping. Finally. So deep. And she said, what did you do in there?
0: And you're like, have you seen The Exorcist? (laughs) (laughs) Right. What was interesting is there's no vomit. There was no levitation. There was no head spinning. It wasn't – Daniel wasn't like what we've seen in the movies. It was still very – For sure, yeah, vulnerable and intense for you and for him. Yeah. Um, So I'm wondering, have you heard or experienced any stories that do compare to the movies? Yes. Wait, really? I have. I have. From. from... I was expecting a no.
1: You're saying yes.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's why earlier when Ice made the joke about seeing head spinning, you were like. You li- and I was like, why is she... Like, <laughs> so, yes, I have heard that from,
1: definitely from some priests. I know an exorcist priest. and then What? I, yeah. And that's, he told me that that does happen. You know, like...
0: What is he well, seeing? Well,
1: that, I don't think the, the, the spin uh, like the Reagan child had, but, you know, definitely some of this really dramatic and the moaning and speaking in... In tongues. In tongues. Um, and all of that stuff is very- What's the
0: wildest thing you've heard from him? Just that it was like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to scare everybody. You just gave
0: me a creepy laugh. Okay, what? No, (laughs) I'm ready. Tell me. But he said that like the, the
1: person he was, this was not in the hospital. This was, you know, these are- going into homes and things like okay. that. But he definitely said it was like the entire face changed Ooh. to him. You know, went right. into this he felt like the colors of the eye, everything, he thought that everything was just so distorted. Yeah. that it was very disarming to him to have to stay in it when this was sort of it was almost like this manipulation of the person's face was really scary to him and the voices and things like that, you know, and that's really creepy. I, bo- uh, I 100% believe him. You do? Oh, yes. So. I know this guy. <sighs> he's totally legit. He, you know, he's a he <gasps> is. I know. It's I really, this. really creepy. I would say, Nikki, that every week for sure patients talk about the devil and evil and demons and
0: not really? necessarily
1: demons like our poor daniel saw but a lot of there are certain um theologies certain different uh sects of christianity that will assign cancer to the devil you know any disease to the devil it's a it's within their body they're having a god devil fight interesting right oh. when you're in perfect health you are god blesses you when you are ill, the devil has crept in somehow. That's what some people are thinking. Yes. It's every week I hear this theology.
0: That's a lot. It's a lot. So I think maybe we should shift into something a little lighter. Mm -hmm. I heard you had a story about a guy that went to hell. Yes. (laughs) So tell me about the guy that went to hell.
1: Oh, my goodness. I'll never forget him. I can totally see his face. I mean, I can totally see. It was just a regular referral. It was just this person wants a chaplain visit. It was nothing. I didn't know anything, right? Which is most of my day you walk in. And um he was just beautiful. He was like 50s, 60s. And he wanted prayer and he was very sick and he had an accident when he was young, like in his early 20s, a really bad accident, but now he was battling cancer. And he said that um he was Christian and that he believes in heaven. He believes in God. He was really strong faith. And he said, you know, I, I believe in heaven because I have been to hell. And I came back. Wow. And I was like, huh? <laughs> you know? And he ended up telling me the whole story of it. And it was so fascinating. Now, this guy, he was not psychotic. He was super clear, very smart, very, you know, eloquent guy. Mm -hmm. And he said that he had done some very, very bad things in his younger years, like very bad things. Like how bad? Like really bad. Okay. Like the
0: worst. The worst. Got it. The worst.
1: He told me that he had this bad accident in his early 20s and he died, right? And- the paramedics are working on him in the field, and he's dead. So they're working on him to revive him, right? Okay. know he's dead, so they're just coding him, coding him, coding. Mm-hmm. So they're pounding on his heart, and they're, you know, putting in pressers, and they're doing everything they can. But he was dead for 10 minutes. Okay. So what happened? He told me in such incredible detail. It was just, it was like a movie was describing. So there was this big vortex, right? Like this big cloud vortex that was just spinning and spinning, and it sucked him in, and it just sucked him down. And he went, he went into it, and he just went down, 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 like just you know miles and miles of going down, like into the earth, into the earth, through the earth, deeper than the earth, right? Like as deep as you could possibly imagine. And he was like, oh, like he was just terrified because he was like, he was going, you know, he had no control. And then he landed in hell. And he said as soon as he landed, he was like, I'm in hell. And he was so terrified. And he was, it's like he knew, he's like, I'm in hell. This is hell. This is hell. And he thought, you know, it felt like an eternity, he said, that he was down there. Because oh. he said he looked around, he said it, the stench was horrific. Oh. It was like burning flesh. And he said that it was just this dark, creepy, you know, horrifying light down there. Very, like, bright enough to see how horrible, but kind of dark, right? Right. And then he said it was just filled with thousands and thousands and thousands of people, this
0: huge,
1: vast space, and everybody's naked, just walking around and they're screaming and crying out and wailing and and they're reaching for this, like, trying to crawl out. Uh-huh. And he said there was this whole area that was this, like, gated area, like a big, horrible, like, medieval jail kind of looking thing, yeah. you know, like with the big wrought iron And there's people behind it crawling over each other, and they're ripping at each other, trying to pull, trying to get out of this horrible jail. It was really hot. People were just burning. And he said there were these huge, giant, like, demon monster creatures that were, like, 10 stories high, just walking around and, you know, like the depths of hell sounds, And they were just picking up people and just, like, ripping them in half and eating their heads off and pulling their legs off and just, like, tossing them. Oh, my God. Yeah, and just eating them. And they were just people, like, burning and bubbling and screaming. And then he said all of a sudden those creatures were coming towards him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm just, I'm going to get eaten. I'm in hell. And he was lost in this mass, you know, group of people. And then he said what happened to him was that he decided to call out to God for help. Everybody was cursing God, and he decided to call out for God. God, help me. Please rescue me. And he was crying and crying and reaching up. And then he said, all of a sudden, these two beautiful big angels just gently entered hell and came down and picked him up with, like, mercy and and light and love and just— Brought him all the way, all the way, all the way, all the way, all the way up through that vortex and out. And then he said then he woke up wow. in the field and he's like, I'm alive. I'm alive. Oh. And they had revived my him. Gosh. And the it's so way clear in so vivid. And I'm I mean, I'm even shortening it, but he just had all of these details and it was terrifying. And he Sounds said, terrifying. It like was the worst. The worst. It sounded so scary, so scary. And he, you could see. And I remember saying it. Oh my God, you're reliving it as if it. And he said, "I will never, ever forget that as long as I live." And he said, "I absolutely know there's a hell." And he said, "And and now I believe in heaven. I believe in heaven so strongly because I had been in hell before." And he was like, "I'm not afraid to mm. die." because I know the other side. You know, the other side is there. And he had turned into like this family man, and he was like this super sweet, good Changed guy. Changed his life. Changed his life. He was so sweet, Nikki, because he was like, after he told me, you know, and he was just so in it, after he told me, he goes, I'm, I'm so sorry, I hope I didn't scare you. Mm. And it was so dear, yeah. you know, and I said, no, oh, no, you didn't scare me, that's Okay. I was like, that's so sweet of you. But I said, actually, I find that really hopeful. I mean, it's terrifying, but it's hopeful. Because to me, it says
0: there's nowhere that mercy cannot reach. Isn't that that's beautiful? That's such a beautiful... Uh, uh, when you tell me this story, like I don't necessarily believe in hell, that it's a place. I think it, it is a state of being or yeah. a, a mm-hmm. way you live your life. Mm-hmm. And it's a cool metaphor because if you're always cursing whether it's God or the universe or you're always angry. Yeah, right. But then when you open up your heart and you surrender, that's when love and light comes in. So that's just so powerful to me. That's right. Whatever your religion is, whatever your faith is. Whatever.
1: And he didn't say, hey, it was all this kind of person or that. It was like, everybody. no monopoly on hell either, by the way. (laughs) Just just side note, people. No monopoly on heaven, no monopoly on hell. So, yeah. and And it was just so beautiful because it, to me it sounded very inclusive mm-hmm. you know like mercy and grace penetrates the it, depth everywhere it goes to places and people think you know oh well once you're in hell right where's any redemption going to come from well it does mm-hmm. and it's exactly what you're saying it's the surrender i need you know i need that which is bigger to help me wow. i can't do this alone Right. you know so if grace and mercy can go to the depths like that, right, then it, where can't it go? So to me, I felt like, oh, wow, that's kind of beautiful. And then I heard that he had gone to the ICU, so things got worse. Yeah. And so I visited him in the ICU, and at this point, he was non-responsive and intubated and sedated and everything, but I— I still talked to him you know I just I I kind of got close to his ear and I said I I'm I'm the, I'm Peggy the chaplain, I visited you last week I'm I'm here and I remember your story mm. and you know where you're going you cuz he was now in the process he was going to die um and I said you have nothing to be afraid of because you know the truth and and you're safe yeah and I just prayed you know for um, when it's time to come home, that he's brought home with that mercy and that grace, like those angels did for him to bring him out. And then, like, two days later, he died.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Whew. You know, there's this thing we do, like, life review, and, and, and we want people to sort of share these big moments with us, and we understand more of who they are, and it helps them. How do you think that this experience changed his life? I think it made him... Super convicted, and I think he he, he just did a 180.
0: You like know, a he second a, chance. A
1: second chance, entirely a second chance. And he told me that the rehab for the accident was excruciating and really, really long. Mm-hmm. But he had this new vitality and this incredible amount of energy to get through it to heal. Yeah. And then he met his wife, and he had children, and he was like, I'm really living for that now. I'm just living for my family, and he told me all about
0: them. Oh. And I was like, wow, this could have gone so many ways. When well, you hear about people when they die, quite often saying that they see a light and they cross over to the other yes. side and then they come back. I have never heard of anyone saying right. crossing over and going to the depths of yeah. hell. Yeah. It changed his life, changed how he walked through the world. I am curious on how you were changed after this experience.
1: Well, I definitely believe in hell. I believe in... in a I believe in a absence of God, mm-hmm. which is what that sounds like to me. Okay, you know, because I think that's what hell is, um, and so you can have hell on this earth. You can be walking around in that in your own hell. much excruciating fear, anxiety, pain, all of these things that can be hell in this existence, right in this realm. Um, but it made me. When I was listening to it, it was terrifying, but then I was like, when he told me that he called out mm-hmm. for mercy and for God and that it came, and I was like, that's it? That's what you do? Like, I mean, that just seems like such a simple fix. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, cool. Like, because everybody else was cursing, right? God, damn you, God, ah, why are you abandoned me, up?" Ah. Mm. instead of saying, help me, I need you. And so that, like, it really impacted me. It, re- it, just, it just made my faith more convicted. And I think I said that to him. I was like, you just made my faith grow richer. And he's like, really? I said, yeah, thank you for that. What a gift
0: to hear that story. It's so interesting because you as a chaplain have these intimate, Huge moments with people that are strangers sometimes. Oh, yeah. And All the you, time. Most of the time. And then you just go walk about your life and he goes about his life or mm-hmm. he passed away. But you right. just, everybody moves forward and these are big momentous things that are happening and you just come together for this and then It's so separate. cool. It is really cool. <laughs> Except, what do you deal with me? Because then I stalk you and go. We're going to be best friends. <laughs> Hi, you helped my friend die, no. so I have to see you every day now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I welcomed it, Nikki. I was so happy for that that I relationship.
0: Mean, you know, I don't really believe in hell. I don't think it's a place where people go. I think it's a state that you can live in. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because all of the things that he described sound like all of the things that I would be terrified of. Right? Yes. Us bodies and burning and monsters and ripping people apart. That sounds awful. Awful. Actually, sounds like Stranger Things, the TV show. Does it? (laughs) I've never seen that. It's it's terrifying, and it's like all the the most horrible things you can picture all happening in this sort of underbelly of the world. Right. Um, So I think it's really funny that you know you say your work sometimes is not as crazy as the movies, but that should be a fucking movie (laughs) right there. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Wow.
1: It was so cool. I remember coming out of that room and kind of closing the door going, wow, what a great privilege. Yeah. That was an incredible privilege. And, that, and he was, you know, when he's like, I'm, I hope I didn't scare you kind of thing. And I was like, no, I see hope in that. But I thanked him mm. several times. Yeah, it's like, thank you so much for that gift of that story. That yeah. was incredible to me. And I, I'll never forget him. Mm-hmm. I can see him perfectly.
0: Well, just be a good person. We don't have to worry about going there, right? I don't know. Just be a good person don't in the do world. Don't do super horrible things. And you don't have to don't get eaten really, by monsters. do really, bad things. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? You can, like uh, the big stuff. You can don't skip a stop stuff. sign here and there. <laughs> uh, maybe you shouldn't do you that. You can curse. You can curse. <laughs> you can just don't murder people and go to hell. Right. You can do some bad things. You can, yeah. you know. Get a little tipsy. Have the occasional drink, right? Oh God, yeah. <laughs> gin part? martinis.
1: He didn't say there were gin martinis there, so I was like, <laughs> "Oh, thank you. I would have been, so but they would have been boiling. I'm sure.
0: Yeah, been on fire. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, I need an ice cube. Those
1: flaming drinks are another thing, right? I'm going to look at them different now.
0: I think it's time. I need a girl after that. That's, I need it too. All right, pour it up. Well, shake, shake. Okay. shake, 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 shake. All right.
1: Cheers. 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 Not going to help. (laughs) Please don't open the chute for me. Please, Lord, the other way.
0: (laughs) You're such an angel, Peggy. (laughs) Hardly. (laughs) Hardly. (laughs) Hardly. Hey, we super appreciate you listening today. We do. And if you happen to have a story or you want to share your thoughts, just shoot me a DM at Nikki Boyer on Instagram. And if you like our show, give us a rating and a review. It really helps other people find our show. And follow us wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, Near Death has bonus content where we get a little more personal at our martini after party. So join us. For that bonus content, subscribe to Lemonada Premium and Apple Podcasts. In addition to all of the content you'll get from our show, you can also unlock an array of bonus content from all the other Lemonada shows. Check out the free trial of Lemonada Premium today in the Apple Podcast app by clicking on the Little Lemon logo in the middle of the screen. Near Death is a Dying for Media production. New episodes drop every Wednesday. The show is hosted by Reverend Peggy and me, Nikki Boyer. Producer is Katie Amanda Keene. Tommy Fields is head of audio for Dying for Media. Nikki Boyer and Kevin Sabi are executive producers for Dying for Media. Executive producer is Reverend Peggy. Ad sales and distribution by Lemonada Media. And for more information on today's episode, make sure to check out our show notes. And thanks again for hanging out with us today. We appreciate you. See you next time.